life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are wonderful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In today's show, I sit down with Abel James. Abel James is the number one best-selling author and the award-winning talk show host behind the Fat Burning Man podcast, which is always in the health and fitness iTunes top 100. He's also a keynote speaker, a professional musician, and fat loss coach. Once a former strategic advisor to the consumer health and beverage industry, Abel now acts as a consumer advocate who exposes the truth behind deceptive marketing practices, misleading corporate propaganda, and powerful special interests that have accelerated the worldwide obesity epidemic and health crisis. Abel harnesses the techniques he developed for the fat-burning man system to achieve extremely compelling results in fat loss and health for his clients and the community. In today's show, we discuss how chronic stress can siphon our energy and lead to disastrous health consequences. We also go over some of the ways to overcome chronic stress, even if that chronic stress is coming from your job. We discuss Abel's favorite butter, whether he meditates, some of his favorite workouts and exercises, the first 90 minutes of his day, his top five supplements, the coolest thing he recently purchased for under $100, and much, much more. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode with my friend, Abel James. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Hey, hey. Abel, what's up, brother? What's cooking, man? How you doing, man? Good. Sure <laughs> I was doing some background research. I listened to your podcast a bunch and, and followed you for a while and, and love what you put out. Um, tell me a little bit about your background. I mean, you seem like a pretty cool laid back guy. You're a renaissance man. You're involved in music and health and fitness. And you're one of the outliers in that you're not in, uh, on the West Coast. You're, you're down in Austin, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what's, how, how did you get into this space and, and what's your background with music too? How does that all tie in? Yeah. Well, you know, I really see all these things as connected. You know, when you become great at one particular skill, I like to see the things that'll cross over into something else. So for me, I went through my own uh, challenges with health in my early 20s. And my mother, she's a holistic nurse, practitioner and herbalist. So I kind of come from a, a family of health nuts in a lot of ways. My dad came from a family of uh, organic farmers and dairy farmers. But of course, like when I went to school, I got loans, then wanted to pay them off with my own job, got my own fancy insurance. I wanted to get the best of Western medicine, which wasn't necessarily the world that I came from. In fact, my, my mom always had choice words to say about that world and drug companies and, and what have you and how it kind of encourages people to be sick in a lot of ways or, or certainly not thrive. But of course, you know, I wanted to kind of follow that and see where it went, get the best doctor I could with this fancy insurance that I got with my first job out of college. And over the course of just a few months, for the first time in my life, I should say, I was put on a diet to prevent my family's history of, you know, high blood pressure, gaining weight as you age and other various problems that that show up. So basically no red meat, zero dietary cholesterol, as low fat as possible 
And after a few months of doing that, I was checking my numbers. Every time I went into the, the doctor's office, I was peeing in a cup. I was getting my blood drawn and the numbers were getting worse and worse. And all of a sudden, you know, I skip a few months ahead. I have been prescribed almost a half dozen different prescription medications. I've put on 20 or 30 pounds. My face is turning into this kind of round, puffy thing that I thought, you know, at that point, I just thought it was a normal part of aging. It was, you know, my doctor basically said, these are your genetics. This is how it's playing out. So you just have to keep following this diet. And despite what happens, this is the best that you can do pretty much. And it wasn't until I, I came home one night. At this point, I'd moved to Austin, Texas and lost everything in an apartment fire. And for a lot of people, it takes a traumatic event to kind of shake you into reality. And I realized that I didn't have, you know, any of my physical things. I didn't have any of my musical instruments, which was, you know, it was traumatic to lose a lot of the, the artistry that I'd built up, all my notebooks and all my songwriting and the new album I was working on and, and, and the rest of it. But all I had left was my big fat face staring back at me in the mirror. And I'm just like, this is not working. I'm going to figure this out. My background is in research and psychological and brain sciences. That's what I studied as an undergrad. So I decided to kind of recalibrate that and reshift it to focusing on, on sports physiology and how to drop fat and how to figure out where I was from a health perspective. And once I did the, basically the opposite of what my, my doctor told me, the fat came off really quickly. All of my biomarkers, high triglycerides went down to normal. Blood pressure went down to normal. My resting heart rate got lower. Basically across the board, all these problems that I had, skin, thyroid, acid reflux, they started disappearing. And I was so shocked and stunned by how, I don't want to say easy, but how simple it was, how straightforward it was that I wanted other people to know about it. And at the time I was still working and consulting and I was shaking hands and wearing suits. And in the evening, uh, I, what my alter ego, Abel James, the, the performer, the musician was playing music all around town but I really wanted to do something that would get people to realize that they could take their health into their own hands. And so it was a really natural switch for me to go from recording music and, and doing that stuff to starting a blog and starting this thing that hopefully would become something and help people. And it was super natural to just step behind a microphone and be like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. And I know that I can talk and make a fool of myself in public. I've been doing it for decades. Let's see what a podcast will do. And then, you know, when I started Fat Burning Man, the crazy podcast and, and blog adventure, it got traction really quickly. And I was very fortunate to experience that and realize that it was helping so many people that I had to make it work. And I had to make it my full-time gig because, uh, you know, my day job wasn't doing it. For me, I, there wasn't that meaning there. And there were a couple of big projects that we worked on in education that were snuffed out basically because of politics that, uh, that left me feeling unfulfilled. And I wanted to like basically practice service in helping people in what I do day to day. And this is just such a wonderful way to do it because there's so much knowledge about health and fitness that people don't have right now and they desperately need. And the internet is making it easier than ever, as you well know, to get that out there. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a great story. And it's funny you mentioned consulting because I have a handful of clients that are all consultants. And okay. um, once we've dug into it, we've kind of identified their work and dissatisfaction therein as a big contributor to some of their health issues and, of course, and yeah. the symptoms that, you know, could be tied to adrenal fatigue or even mm -hmm. in the case of the, the girl yesterday, Lyme's disease. And she's, she's struggling with the fact that she doesn't 
She doesn't know what else she can do. She doesn't yeah. see a way out, but yeah. she also knows her job is killing her. What right. do you, what do you recommend to people that are kind of in that position where maybe they're not as charismatic as you are? Um, but they realize they're in a position where their job is adversely affecting their health and they need to do something about it. There's always something that you can do. And I think it, there's a temptation in life and in many ways we're trained to think that we're entrenched in this career path, this particular way of living, this particular job, location, or what have you. And the truth is, is that you put yourself there, or at least you're keeping yourself there. And so if you're unhappy, then it is, it is up to you to find something better. And the thing, like you mentioned me being charismatic or whatever, the truth of the matter is that I've been shy for a really long time. And when I was six or seven years old, I was playing inexplicably. I was for extra money playing clarinet at local diners. You know, just like this little fat kid with chipmunk cheeks playing clarinet, dressed up in a tie, looking ridiculous. And that was just, you know, a way that a shy kid could play out and kind of bring something to the world. And uh, so that that's what worked for me. And I see doing uh, a podcast, being on ABC TV shows, doing anything that's in, in, involved in, in speaking or performance. I see that all as the same thing. So that's what works really well for me. For other people, you know, if you're a great engineer, then maybe you can work on the back end of a new app or technology or website or, or company that you're really excited about, right? Like if you're working for the man and you're not excited about your job, then there's always something you can do to find something that's a little bit more exciting. And these days, I mean, this is the best time ever to start a business or a venture or a something that you could eventually turn into what you do with your life, with your career. And hopefully there's overlap between your passion and in what you do every day, because once that happens, you know, if even if you look at my career path, once you combine those two things together, then you just take off like a rocket. So it, it won't, won't necessarily be exactly the same enthusiasm or area of passion for other people who are listening to this as it is for me. But everyone has that. And when you align those things, your life completely changes. How long was it between you making the decision that you wanted to get into the health and fitness space and, and help people that way and seeing it really take off. Was there that 10,000 hours of, of mastery or were you able to piggyback off of a lot of stuff you'd done up to that point? That's a great question. I was definitely able to piggyback because in many ways, if you become skilled as a, a speaker or communicator or writer, then the, the topic or the vertical or whatever you call it doesn't really matter as much as the delivery. Right. And so for a long time, I've been in one way or another a performer and comfortable behind the mic or on stage or, or what have you. So those 10,000 hours were put in on the performance side. And when it comes to the actual knowledge behind health, fitness, physiology, like I had been trying to be as healthy as possible my entire life. My eyes were open to a lot of different things and I tried a lot of different things. But it wasn't until I really made that my main goal. Let's figure this out and let's specialize and let's get really smart about nutrition and about the proper way to train for health and for basically giving you the body composition that you'd like. There are ways to do it. There's a roadmap. People have done it before. The problem is it seems like in the circles of people who know how to do these things, basically, if you want to lose fat, here's what you do. If you want to put on muscle you can do this, right? Like if you want to reduce your, your mileage uh, 
time, the, the time it takes to run a mile, for instance, there's another roadmap for doing that. For some reason, you know, a lot of people don't have access to that knowledge. They don't have, they, either they don't find it or they don't have trust for the people who are giving that knowledge or the people who have it aren't necessarily sharing it. So what I, I wanted to do is, is really make a platform as you're doing to bring these, these disparate experts together so that we can all agree and share the knowledge that will help people because it's not something that you find in fitness magazines. Uh, it's not something that you usually find in traditional media. Those outlets aren't designed for increasing your health, <laughs> you know, improving your health or, or giving you any sort of result. The internet, I think, is changing the game because you have independent content creators uh, like you and I and other people who join us on, on these summits, podcasts, and various things like that. And they can just talk and share their knowledge with people without the gatekeepers. And I think that's what's changing everything is you start something and if there's enough traction, if enough people start listening uh, and you keep getting better at what you're doing, then it turns into something that's sustainable. So you asked about the 10,000 hours. You have to put 10,000 hours into something. But most people are already doing that with whatever your specialty is going to be. You've probably already put a lot of hours into it. So just figure out what that is. It's, it's usually the thing that you would do if money wasn't an object. Exactly. When you build that thing around your passion, like I was saying with the health, I didn't do it for money. So for the first six months to a year, I was working a lot and not seeing a payoff there, but I didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted to affect people and, and see grow. And once I saw that and I was comparing the, the emails that I was getting the, the, for my day job that were basically just like, we have, a, we have to have a meeting on Tuesday to talk about the meeting we're having on Thursday and blah, 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 blah. Next to, oh my God, Abel, this, this nutrition advice that I got from your blog and podcast has changed my life. You know, I lost 30 pounds. I'm off all my meds. And, you know, I, was, I got enough things like that where I'm just like, I have to figure out a way to really devote myself to, to this email, to this thing. Uh, yeah. And so I was, I was very fortunate to figure out a way to do that. Absolutely. Very cool. We have similar backgrounds. I was, I was in the corporate space as well and, and doing health stuff just on the side because I loved it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I had a, a belief that you couldn't make the type of money that I wanted to make in this field. Sure. So that's why I was like, it will always be a hobby, I suppose. Yeah. I thought it'd be fun if we kind of go through each of the 10 areas in my book real, real quick, like rapid fire and you name what you consider to be like the one most important biohack in each area for increasing energy and focus. So the first is nutrition. Like what did you eat today? And then what would be the one change? If the people listening were only going to change one thing about their nutrition, what would you recommend that be? Become fat adapted. Uh, to answer your question, what have I eaten today? Nothing. Uh, I'm running on fat right now. I had some fat in my coffee. I had some, uh, omega-3 oil this morning. But generally speaking, on interview days like this, I have, I don't know, six or eight today. And I just like fasting throughout the day. And when you're fat adapted, you can do that really well. The increase in mental energy and focus that you get from running on fat instead of carbs and sugar is incredible and difficult to describe unless you've experienced it yourself. So I would say become fat adapted. There are mechanisms to do that that you might be able to share now or, or in one of your other interviews too. Absolutely. What, what's the omega-3 fat that you took today? I had a fish oil. I think it was actually cod liver oil. And there are a few different ones that, that I go back and forth on. Some, a lot of days it'll be chia will be a source, um, occasionally flax. I try to get wild caught fish in there as much as I can, but omega-3s are always a priority. 
And you'd mentioned earlier that your old man was a dairy farmer. Do you, well, he came from a family of that. He grew up on a farm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. What are your views on dairy and do you personally consume it? Yes, I do. But in, in quite a different way than most other folks do. So I, I love milk. You know, when I was growing up, I probably had, I remember my, my tray in high school, I'd have like four milks lined up and I'd just be drinking because milk is health food, right? Or at least that's what the commercials tell you. It's not quite that simple. And uh, the dairy industry is, is an ugly one as is factory farming. And a lot of, you know, when you're looking at eating animal foods, you want to make sure that you're getting the highest quality you possibly can. And that means a, a, an animal that was raised the way that nature intended on its natural wild diet. So for me, when it comes to dairy, I go for the highest fat I possibly can in most cases. So I'll, uh, a big fan of grass fed butter. I love heavy whipping cream. That's often what I put in my coffee. Uh, I like raw aged cheeses as a nice treat. Big fan of cottage cheese myself. I tend to do pretty well with it. And like Greek yogurts that don't have a whole lot of uh, carbs in them, but they do pack a protein punch. A lot of times they'll have healthful fats that do have CLA and omega-3s in them as well. Um, but I see it more as a treat food and it, it works well with me. It doesn't work that well with my wife, Allison. She has, uh, she, you won't really see her drinking milk. She stays away from dairy if she doesn't want to get puffy or inflamed, but it's a nice treat to have every once in a while. So it's one of those things where it can be a part of a healthy diet, but I wouldn't necessarily go, say like, go eat more dairy. This, this is the, the thing that you need more of right now. For a lot of people, especially if they want to lose fat and feel a little bit better, a little bit less inflamed, you want to stay away from almost all dairy. Um, Grass-fed butter, ghee, those can be exceptions. Um, and then from there, you know, heavy cream, the more fat that's in it, generally the, be- the, the easier it is to digest and the less processed it is, which means... Uh, non-homogenized or low-temperature pasteurized uh, indicates that it still has natural enzymes present in that dairy that will help you digest it. So you'll know pretty quickly if dairy doesn't agree with you, but uh, I, I should say I don't really have much milk myself and I don't necessarily recommend it to that many people, but there are other parts of dairy that are great. Right. And, and milk can be pretty insulinogenic for people that are trying to lose weight. Yes. It does have a lot of sugar, which people can sometimes overlook. Are you a Kerrygold man for your grass-fed butter? I like Kerrygold, but I also, there are so many that are easy to find in places that are foodie centric that I like branching out and, and trying usually the local ones or the weird ones that get shipped over. And sometimes it's not in English or whatever, just to, to try them as long as they're grass fed and, and the people who make them really take pride in it. Right. Um, and then raw butter, if you can find it is the best thing ever, but yeah, especially in a pinch, Kerrygold is something that you can find it. Costco, you can, I think even Walmart. I mean, no matter where you are, you can find Kerrygold. So that's, that's basically my go-to if I can't find any of the, the super fun ones. For sure. For sure. Movement. Movement. Do it every day. Yeah. I would just say, you know, the, you can argue back and forth about the best exercises to do. And there are many of them, but most people just where they trip up is actually doing it, even if it's for two to five minutes. So what I like to say is break a sweat every day, hopefully doing something you love, but break that sweat because once your body's warmed up, your skin is kind of supple and moist, you're sweating just slightly and you have that, that redness in your face, you can feel your blood cycling. That's what you want every day. It's not about burning off calories. It's about triggering your hormones and, and basically improving your own energy and mental focus. And if you get to that point, I found it those days that I don't get to that, you know, breaking a sweat point, 
I never feel quite right. I never feel totally awesome. But those days that, you know, just a little bit of sweat coming down, after that, you feel like a million bucks and you can definitely feel the difference in mental energy later in the day as well. And you sleep better at night. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's funny. Those are your first two because I'm, I'm also fasting right now. Nice. And um, I went and got a little bit of a row and jogging right before. That's why I'm there a little go. bit <laughs> sweaty at the moment. Um, That's why you have color in your face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, stress management. That is a good one. Stress management. There will always be stress. On one end, I mean, it's not useful to say, don't be stressed, right? But like not being stressed is something that's extremely important. One of the ways that, that I do that is by keeping guitars around or pianos. Anything that can switch you to a different brain state quickly, like drawing, right brain, uh, playing music, or anything that kind of slows things down, that can help you reduce stress. Everyone has something that's a little bit different that'll help them do that. But I would say the number one thing that always does it for me that's in my calendar every day, usually twice a day, is going out for a walk outside, hopefully in nature, or something that's close to nature, just a little park or just something that's green, you know, that you look at and you feel at peace. So if you can combine doing a little bit of physical activity like walking with something that totally reduces stress every single time, no matter how you're feeling, like walking, <laughs> then you're winning. So I would say if you're stressed out, go for a walk. And further, you will be stressed out every day. So go for a walk every day. Awesome. Do you meditate? I do every do. day. And I- it's one of those things that's built into my morning routine. It's not always long. It's uh, sometimes it's only five minutes. Other times it's like 15 minutes and it's hardly ever longer than that in the, you know, deep, peaceful, stereotypical meditating kind of way. But one thing I do enjoy in the mornings is I do uh, Qigong. I've been doing this for a few years. So just a set of exercises. It's about, you know, eight to 10 minutes. So it's kind of a moving meditation. I follow that with a sitting meditation. And then if I'm out running or walking or playing music and a number of other things, you can get into the same meditative state. And that's really what you're aiming for. You're not aiming to just sit there for a few minutes every day. That's not really the goal. The goal is to bring mindfulness to the rest of your life. So let meditation be that thing that hopefully allows you to recognize where you could do that in the rest of it. That's the true value of meditation. I heard a really good quote from Tim Ferriss and he was talking about meditation. He's like, meditation is one of those things where it's like showering. He's like, mm-hmm. if you don't do it, people can tell. Yeah, even that's if, true. Even that's if true. you don't notice the difference. If you only had 20 minutes for, for movement, just to, to go to backtrack real quick, would you go for a walk or is there something else that you would do? I would go for a, a sprint walk. Yeah. <laughs> I would go for one of, the, one of my favorite workouts is sprints followed by walking, followed by sprints. Just one of those things where it's kind of like a tempo run. My favorite way to do it is not necessarily timed. If I'm short on time, I'll do 20 seconds on, 10 sec- seconds off, repeat that 10 times. But what I enjoy even more is going out for a walk, usually with a dog, and just sprinting it when I feel like sprinting, usually for about 30 seconds or so, and then stopping, letting myself recover, and doing that again. So if I had 20 minutes, that's, that's what I would do. Awesome. You had an interview recently with Sean Stevenson on sleep. Uh-huh. What would be your one recommendation for helping people get a more sound night's sleep and hacking their sleep? Being honest with yourself and truly prioritizing it. Because I think, you know, there's always going to be another Walking Dead episode to binge watch, or there's always going to be another party to go to or something else to do. But if it's after nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, nothing good ever happened. Take it from a musician who used to live in the night 
nothing good ever happens you know, after that. And there's something to be said for, you know, a weekend or a special occasion going out, letting off some steam and having a great time. But where sleep really shows up is if during the week in the invisible habits that you have, you're pushing it, right? Just a little bit too far and being like, well, I want to, I want to sleep and I want to wake up rested, but I'm just going to be, you know, Epicurean instead of Stoic, where you're basically, you're living in the moment and you're deriving pleasure from that moment instead of the next day. So try to think on behalf of your future self. And one of the biggest treats you can, you can give yourself, your future self, is having the discipline to be like, I'm going to bed now. Every night, you know, be that, that guy or gal to take whatever inertia is there and make sure that it moves toward the bedroom so that you're going to bed early every night. So you can wake up early and crush it the next morning because at the end of the day, you're usually a consumption machine, whether it's food or content or entertainment or whatever, you're a consumption machine. In the beginning of the day, if you're playing your cards right, that morning is where you can create your best work, at least for me. You know, everyone's a little bit different, but I found that I write the best, I play the best, anything that I want to do and achieve I, I try to put in that in that morning, that next morning. Hopefully, when you wake up early before that, well rested, that's the best way to get there. The problem is, if you stay up late, you sacrifice all of that. So it's really there's a quote that isn't necessarily it doesn't sound that good at first, but when you really think about it for a while, it's fantastic. And that's discipline is freedom. And when you realize that that every night, if if you go to bed or if it's lights out by 10 or something like that. And you stick to it, that shows up in incredible ways in the next few weeks if you stick to it. But most people, it's, it's that last second decision being like, next episode is playing in 15 seconds. Should I let it go or should I turn it off? Turn it off, you know? Right, right. We have those moments every day. Yeah. What, what time did you go to bed last night? What time did you wake up this morning? Lights out by 10. I had a little bit of trouble falling asleep last night just because I knew I had a big day today and there were a lot of thoughts going on, but so I probably fell asleep by around 1030 and then I woke up at 717, I think it was. I like waking up around seven generally, but we just had the time change and sometimes I'm bouncing between coasts. So that'll change a little bit, but I try to reserve that first hour or two in the morning to really just do the things that I know I need to do, the qigong, the meditation, the light exercise so that you can be ready for the day. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask. What does the first 90 minutes of your day look like? You've touched on it. What's the order? If yeah, can, so that's exactly what it is. I, I wake up, I have a big glass of water to get hydrated right away. What type that's, of water do you drink? That's a great question. Usually people don't ask that. Uh, it's a local water that they purify and oxygenate. So it's very high quality water. It tastes amazing. It's uh, from here in Austin called Cielo. And there are a few others, depending on where we are, that's a huge priority is getting high quality water. Because if you're drinking from the tap, there are so many things that can go wrong as we're seeing in the, in the real world now and all of the media hysteria that's, that's popping up around it. Truth is our water has been bad for a really long time and not just because it has lead in it, but also fluoride and all sorts of rocket fuel and prescription medications. It gets ugly. So prioritizing good waters is really important. So I wake up in the morning with, with great water, usually take a few supplements at that point, And then I just get straight into my gong most of the time. The, the qigong moves the moving meditation for about 10 minutes, sit down, uh, and do another about 10 minutes, 15 minutes of, of meditation. Then I'll usually do, even if it's just two minutes of exercise, something quick. Like this morning, I did a set of handstand push-ups, and then I did more push-ups, 
it will always be some sort of exercise there. Sometimes it could be sprints. Usually I'll take the dog down, take it for a walk outside. That's how I start my day. And every single morning, I'll open up my notebook, which I have pretty much everywhere. I always take it with me and I'll just jot down a few things that I'm doing that day. Notes like how to stay on on track. If I have any ideas that, that come to me, that's where I put them. And oftentimes that's when I'll immediately go into working. I'll make a coffee. I might put some fat in it and then I'll just get straight to work in the morning. And that's that's something that I like doing before you don't want to work, just start working. And then all of a sudden you're there and it's it's uh, something that you enjoy doing while you're in it. Same thing as a workout, right? You might be dreading it before you do it, but once you're there, you won't regret it. You won't ever regret finishing the workout. And it's usually not even as bad as the mental turmoil we put ourselves through. Like exactly. With, with working out too, you just grab your shoes and go. And then right. by the time you're five minutes in, you forgot that you were even dreading it in the first place. You're in cruise mode. Yeah, you're having a great time. I, I want to be respectful of your time. If we can do three fun rapid fire questions uh, just to kind of wrap it up. Yeah, hit them. If you can only have five supplements, what would they be? You mentioned cod liver oil. What brand do you use if you can specify that as well? Yeah, they're, you know, cod liver oils, they can be contentious. There are, as, as can fish oils. So I always go for the least rancid I can find. It can, it can be different, um, different varieties, right? So I haven't found one that's absolutely perfect every time, but I'll just say my number one supplement would be, and, and it could come in food form as well. So a supplement could just be mentally accounting for eating wild salmon that day, for example, or sardines or something else, chia that has, Omega threes, but omega three would be number one. Number two, I would go for adaptogens, rhodiola, ashwagandha, or a, a few that that I enjoy. Rhodiola in particular is something that I can feel, especially if I am kind of on edge or if I'm stressed or if for whatever reason I couldn't get enough sleep the night before. That's something that that seems to help. So you, adaptogenic adaptogenic herbs, I, I really enjoy. Um, do you have a brand of rhodiola that you like? It's more about the purity. So I can say that different brands of rhodiola and, and rhodiola that comes from different parts of the world can affect you completely differently or not at all. So um, I, I tend not to go into particular brands that, that are on standby all the time, but some are good and most of them aren't. Yeah. <laughs> um, you'll know if you take it and you don't feel anything, it's, yeah, you, you don't really feel it. But some of them, that's one of rhodiola in particular is a supplement that if it's good, you feel it. So there's that. And then what else do I take every day? Magnesium is huge. Uh, I, I take that before I go to sleep. And that's a really enjoyable thing. Uh, Natural Calm is one brand that I, that I do use there. Most of them taste like chalk. Uh, and in fact, Natural Calm, I think it's the orange flavor, tastes like toilet bowl cleaner. Oh. But uh, <laughs> most of the raspberry lemon one is really good. And, and that, so, I, I was drinking that yesterday with a client. It's pretty <laughs> <nice>. good. <laughs> so I, I like that one. Uh, don't order the orange kind. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. And then I'll go to my, my fourth. I combine that typically with vitamin C, which I'll take once, maybe twice a day uh, in the powdered form. And I actually take a fair amount of that uh, based on several life experiences, like being stung by a, a toxic scorpion. I took an exorbitant amount of vitamin C and I, I can't be sure that it saved my life, but it certainly felt like it at the time. Uh, or whenever I'm, I feel like a little bit of cold coming on, I'll bump up the vitamin C. And what would be the last one? I think it's not really a, a supplement as much as it is something that can 
help you out if you're drinking or if you eat poor quality food or if you have a little bit of a bug and that's activated charcoal, something that's been used for hundreds, even thousands of years across the world. Activated charcoal can bind to toxins within your system. It can also help a bit with, uh, with hangovers. Although if you're sticking to the best quality booze, in a lot of cases, you won't necessarily need it, but we don't all live perfect lives. So it can be uh, a lifesaver in some circumstances. Yeah. Activated charcoal. When I remember to take it after a night out, it mm-hmm. makes a world of difference. The Doesn't next it? Day. Especially yeah. and, and life extension has a really good blend that has like N-acetylcysteine and, and uh-huh. high dose vitamin C and some other things that are good. Um, and, and both of those can be helpful. Awesome. What is, what's the best thing that you have purchased recently for under a hundred dollars? <laughs> best purchase. I would say less than a hundred bucks. It was all of those local foods that we got from the farmer's market and, and the local stores as soon as we got back to Austin. Cause this is one of the food meccas in other places around the world. Whenever you find yourself in a food mecca, stock up on the pâtés, on the fine cheeses, on all the best stuff. And just, you know, it doesn't get better than that. It doesn't matter how rich you are, you know, what kind of era you're living in. This is the best era ever to get the highest quality food you can. We can get it in, in a second. Most of us, you know, just like clicking a little order or going to the store. And it's a beautiful, magical thing that not enough of us appreciate. So I would say 100% the food would be that, that the best money that we've ever spent. Absolutely. And was that at like a farmer's market? It's a bunch of different places around town because we lived in Austin for five, six years. I moved here in 2008 and then we traveled for a while and we, you know, we were living in the middle of nowhere uh, in state and national parks. We lived in the Smoky Mountains for a while and the nearest Whole Foods was in a different time zone. <laughs> you know, and there, there were no, it, there was a farmer's market, but a lot of the things that we missed, like that coffee, like that chocolate. And the, there are these other like cacao beans that they cover up in white chocolate and then they cover up in another chocolate and then they powder it with more chocolate. And it's, you just, you only find some of those places from the people who make them themselves. So it's such a pleasure to come back and like go to the farmer's market, look the person in the eye who made it and be like, I'm so glad to be back. Thank you so much for existing. This is the best. So to answer your question, we got it from a lot of places around town. Yeah. Very cool. And and last question, this one's, uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear If you could sing just one song <laughs> on American Idol, <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> Do you really want to hurt me? <laughs> Culture Club? Uh, it would have to be good. It would probably be old school funk. Yeah. Something, something maybe Johnny Cash, something where I can really use the lower register of the voice because that's that's my favorite thing to do. Everyone can sing high and it can be cool or whatever, but I like getting deep and into the nitty gritty. And like we were talking about before this this call, Swamp Thing, the name of my album, I spent a lot of time in that lower register kind of doing the funk thing. So that would be something there. Swamp, Swamp Thing is great. I, and yeah, like we were talking about, I just kind of stumbled across it when I was when I was doing some some background and ended up listening to it for an hour just straight <laughs> so through. So that's that's fantastic. <laughs> and anyone listening should definitely check that out. Abel, I really appreciate your time. You've been very generous. I know you're incredibly busy. It, people that are listening, they want to stay up to speed with what you're working on and, and what you've got coming out. What's the best way for them to do that? Best way to do it is to go to fatburningman.com uh, and you can find a bunch of freebies there, recipes. My, the name of my book or, or one of the books is The Wild Diet and that's the most recent one. Uh, that's available anywhere books are sold. And then if you're just looking for the, the music or the Renaissance man type stuff. It's abeljames.com. Awesome. Abel, thank you so much for your time. I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir.
Thanks so much for having me. This episode is brought to you by Millennial Health Systems. Millennial Health Systems engineers innovative and practical light hacking tools for enhancing energy, detoxification, boosting immune function, improving focus, accelerating recovery, and much, much more. They are the brains behind two of my favorite light biohacks I've been using for a long time now with myself and with clients, the Theralumin and the Spectrumite. The Spectrumite utilizes multiple frequency and color combinations delivered through 40 high-powered LEDs to increase mitochondrial function, the little energy powerhouses in our cells that produce ATP, boost nitric oxide production, and encourage a state of relaxed focus. It's based on NASA research, which has found this type of low-level laser therapy, abbreviated LLLT, greatly enhanced the natural wound healing process and more quickly returned patients to pre-injury and pre-illness levels of activity. It's a one-stop shop for all of your light hacking needs. I use both the Spectrumite and the Theralumin every week and consider the Theralumin a cornerstone of the programs I put together and has helped some of my clients recover from chronic fatigue and other conditions with infectious causation like Lyme's disease. The Spectrumite is controlled via Wi-Fi using a smartphone application that's both intuitive and easy to use. And the Theralumin has literally two buttons, on and off. It's very simple. You can check out both products at millennialhealthsystems.com. That's millennialhealthsystems.com, two L's and two N's in millennial. And right now, my listeners, that's you guys will get $100 off the Theralumin and $50 off the Spectrumite. Just mention the code biohacks to get that discount. Today's episode is brought to you by drpollock.com, your go-to resource for pulsed electromagnetic field information and therapy devices. I personally use a number of Dr. Pollock's products, including the PEMF120 and the Flex Pulse. The PEMF120 has been shown to accelerate recovery, improve performance, reduce swelling. It produces intensities between 1,000 and 15,000 Gauss, which stimulate all levels of the body, affecting the individual cells that make up tissues, organs, and complete body systems. It is not a portable device, but it's incredibly powerful, and it's a non-invasive solution for pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. If you're in the market for something with a little bit lower intensity, something that's more portable, then I recommend the Flex Pulse. It produces similar results and, and similar pulsed electromagnetic fields, but at a much smaller intensity, and some people believe at an intensity that is more biocompatible. The system has six preset programs with varying frequencies to leverage the power of electromagnetic energy to treat a host of conditions and to optimize physical and mental performance. Dr. Pollock's products have been leveraged to treat everything from Alzheimer's, lumbar disc disease, depression, anxiety, Lyme's disease, multiple sclerosis, osteoarthritis, spinal cord injuries, seizures, epilepsy, sleep disorders, sports injury recovery, and much, much more. I recommend pulsed electromagnetic field therapy to many of my clients and listeners, and drpollock.com has some of the best products on the market. You can check out the PEMF120 and the Flex Pulse and the rest of Dr. Pollock's products at www.drpawluk.com. That's drpollock.com, www.drpawluk.com. 